Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to another brand new episode of the movie podcast. My name is Daniel and alongside me are Anthony and Shabazz. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, it's not really Thanksgiving yet until oh. tomorrow. Well, but for us Canadians. But oh, yeah. but they're going to be listening to it today, which is Thanksgiving for them. That's true. You're you're showing them behind the curtains, man. I just uh, You just exposed our It's all of it's recording. all smoke and mirrors. Our here. magic is now vanished. What? <laughs> vanished. <laughs> Do you guys have any uh Thanksgiving movies that you guys watch? Um Not really. I I watch a lot of horror films. Um, that's that's. But other than very that, thankful for you. There's yeah. not a lot of Thanksgiving films that I watch during Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, not, I don't like. There's movies that I watch around fall time, for right, sure, right. Um, that happen to coincide with this. But Thanksgiving was also so close to my birthday that I was, uh, you know, just watching whatever movies had come out at that time. So right. There's nothing any specific. And I also think Thanksgiving is very much uh, a lot bigger in the states obviously much bigger and it's later in the states yeah so like it's also closer to christmas and everything too so yeah it's black friday and black friday so like growing up i'm like why is it always like in these movies like why is it always so cold in their things why is there like snow and like why are people have christmas decorations up already (laughs) it's just uh it's interesting yeah Yeah, because i never understood the thanksgiving so late and it's winter and it's not fallish yeah i'm not thankful for any of that i'm thankful for like um autumn leaves Mm -hmm. um that nice temperature that you could go outside still wear a sweater yeah but it's not crisp, too cool too air co- cold like yeah. thanks it's thanksgiving in the states it's like it could be freaking freezing yeah at yeah. points and you got your christmas tree up don't make sense right. you gotta choose i'm choose thankful it. for you yeah. guys yeah also like oh, oh thank you man oh, no problem, man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right where to go no i was gonna say i remember growing up like like in my like elementary school like november like you know how like the like there's a big calendar on the board I and, about november yeah. and november was always just like oh there's uh, somebody wearing like a pilgrim hat and a turkey i'm like but i don't get how that means november right but it's I'm like oh because whatever american company made i remember this. like go like this time during elementary school we would do a lot of like Turkeys. reports on um pilgrimage and native indians mm. and like how everything started then you realize Getting older, it was just a massacre. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you realize the truth behind. Yeah, the like, real. There were the founding friends. of like, there was a lot of nations blood. and all that. Yeah, yeah. There weren't no turkeys given. No, there were <laughs> no a lot of given. A lot of mans- manslaughter. Of yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of manslaughter, oh. as always, you can catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every single Monday across all your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to write in and be part of the show, you can head over to thistimewith.com slash talk, just like our friend Cosman did. And Cosman wrote in and he said, hey guys, just finished listening to your last episode and it was great, especially because you, t- uh, you talked about Marvel and some of the future movies. It just so happens that I finished my Marvel marathon, 23 movies in chronological order, except Black Widow, of course. I have to say that I enjoyed each and every one of them, perhaps Captain Marvel with a minus. Uh, by far, my faves are Iron Man 1, Civil War, Thor Ragnarok, Avengers Infinity War, and Event- um, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, which, by the way, made me cry every single time when Tony Stark is dying and Spider-Man tells him, Mr. Stark, we won. You did it, sir. Okay, Cosmos is going to make us all cry right now. Um, Not me. <laughs> you haven't <laughs> cried since Anthony hasn't cried since the Matrix. Yeah. Uh, so far, hats off for what Marvel ha- Universe has produced. I can't wait to see what Phase 4 has for us. Well, I think we could say the same. 
Um, you guys are doing a wonderful job with your podcast. I am such a big fan. And after this pandemic is over, hopefully soon, I hope to meet all of you, not only Daniel. I don't know why I read that with like, like almost like disappointment in his voice. Like, yeah, just not only Daniel, yeah. you know, well, I mean, I, I, I feel, the pain. <laughs> I feel the pain. wishing you and your families all the best. Stay safe and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. Cosman. Thank you. Cosman for writing Thank in. You, That's so kind Thank of you. you. Cosman. It's very kind of you. Yeah. Very, I mean, very um, I can't wait to do my Marvel chronological i feel like right now i can't do it because i'm, I'm waiting for black widow so yeah. i feel like this pain of not getting somewhere right. with it i definitely had it i definitely had it lined up like because i was like okay black widow's coming out it's been a long time since we've had a marvel movie yeah i was like i want to watch i want to watch them all again yeah um and i was just telling you last night touche that like disney plus finally put them in chronological put order. them in chronological order in the phases you could watch them so like it's nice how they're all like updated properly now, not just like shuffles of like here's Iron Man beside X Men yeah, and for some weird, reason yeah, yeah it was really weird how they had it. Did you have you guys done a comparison on the iTunes version of the 4K? Uh, not yet. I did. And then yeah, I did yesterday. Who like are they similar? I feel like iTunes delivers a better bit quality. I want to see iTunes delivers a better bit quality, um, but I feel like now I'm like putting on my nerd hat. Right, but when I was watching it on iTunes, it, there was like a little bit of me going, "Oh, this looks nicer." But I don't know if it was just like my brain, like it was just saying, like, like "Oh, you're watching this yeah. on iTunes, right?" So right. it's like it looks nicer, but I almost feel like iTunes just kind of gives that a little bit more of a oomph to it. Right, just right, some, right. there's something there. Gotta, I gotta, I gotta go back because I was thinking the same thing. Because uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, oh, iTunes yeah. recently just finally got 4K Disney movies. Um, so if you've owned a bunch of Disney movies through iTunes and HD. A lot of them have been upgraded to 4K, which is great. Finally, we've been waiting for this for a long time. But it also kind of feels like it doesn't matter as much now because most people have Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So. Right. Um, if you want to follow us, please do. You could ho- head over to the Instagram or Twitter. Follow us at The Movie Podcast. You can engage with us there. Also, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, drop a five-star if you like what we're doing. Um, let us know what you like about us, just like what Cosman did. And then you could check out our show notes in every episode to find out how you could follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, um, YouTube. Uh, and you could follow our Discord as well, too, so we could talk about some movies in there as well. A nice little pause for you. Uh, quick announcement, though. Uh, we have a new review up. So Shane and I watched On the Rocks, which is an Apple TV Plus original film uh, written and directed by Sofia Coppola. And it stars Rashida Jones and Bill Murray. Great movie. You could check out our review. It's on the movie podcast feed already. So if you're listening to this episode, just look at our last episode yeah, and you'll well, see. How'd was, you miss that one then? How'd you miss it? Listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony hasn't watched it yet, but. Yeah, I haven't watched it. You're going to watch he it will. soon, though. Right? I will watch it, you yes. Will. I just and then haven't you, had you can make chance. your own review. You can come in and <laughs> I'll just be <laughs> breaking, talking to myself for. Uh, I, I agree with what Shane Daniel said, and that's it. I don't agree. <laughs> I'll, probably, I'll probably not agree. You, you probably even agree. though you love the film, you'll hate it. For yeah, the podcast. Yeah, just for 100%. principle, out of principle. I respect um, that. On the Rocks comes out on Apple TV Plus uh, October 23rd. Yeah. So you could watch it then. Um, also, I'm going to kick it over to Shay for our bracket update. Oh, update, hello, update. hello. Wait, why did I do that voice? Uh, so our bracket, we're doing our, our horror Halloween bracket right now. And we had, you know, four films kind of go up to, against each other. And we had Halloween, the 2018 remake remake yeah no, no sequel sequel, sequel. Yeah, sequel. sequel. more sequel yeah um sequel to the original halloween too so it kind of like negates all the other ones yeah yeah they don't um, exist they don't exist uh halloween versus midsummer we had halloween come out on top you know I-, I love midsummer but uh you know i wasn't 
expecting it to go too far. So right. It's, it's, I mean, it's literally titled Halloween. I mean, how could it? How, how could it? How could it lose? People just hit it by mistake. Yeah. They're like, oh, what is this? Is it summer or movies, is it Halloween? Movies called <laughs> Halloween. Yes, I like this one. Uh, and then we had The Shining go up against the Evil Dead remake, which uh, I'll be honest with you uh, was grotesque and horrifying. So thank you for that. <laughs> Anthony loves that oh, movie. Oh man, I love that movie so but much. But The Shining did come on on top. So Ugh. you know, it'll be Halloween versus The Shining for the. I guess semi-finals or, or Eastern Conference Finals. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> conference Finals, yeah. Horror Conference Finals. Horror, Horror conference, conference Finals. And then this week, we'll be seeing The Exorcist go up against The Lighthouse. Interesting. And we'll be seeing Scream go up against It. Oh. Mm. Is it the uh, the recent It? The recent It. Okay, the recent yeah. It. Yeah. The first It is more of a TV movie, right? The TV so movies, yeah. It's a TV series. We'll talk about TV movies. Or on like a TV podcast. movie event. Yeah, it was like two nights yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for that bracket update, Chuck. Of course, anytime. Kick it on over to uh, somebody else now. <laughs> Back to you, Daniel. Back to you, Daniel. <laughs> Back to the weather. A <laughs> uh, weather update this week. Actually, no, a uh, big update this week, actually. So our topic of the show today, we will be talking to composer Nathan Johnson. Um, we had a really great conversation. We're so thankful that he was able to join us on the show this week. Um, if you don't know who Nathan Johnson is, he is the composer for some fantastic movies like Looper, uh, Don John, and most recently, of course, Knives Out, which we absolutely loved last year, and is a perfect Thanksgiving movie because you know what? You're with your family. There's family drama. People are dying. And you take your knives out. Yeah. You know? We asked him a bunch of questions. We even asked him how many knives will be in the sequel to Knives Out 2. Um, so you'll have, to, you have to stay tuned for that <laughs> one. You have to stay tuned for the answer because he definitely... He, he says stuff. He says something. He says words <laughs> that formulate sentences. Uh, but other than that, that's all we have for announcements. Gentlemen... Let's head into the news. Beautiful. That was good. So we got four news stories on the docket for today. Let's start off with some local news for us here in Toronto. Movie theaters ordered to shut down in Toronto. This is coming from Becky Robertson of BlogTO. The buzz about Toronto moving into a modified form of stage two lockdown was confirmed on Friday with a slew of new measures slated to be imposed at 12.01 a.m., on Saturday, following Premier Doug Ford's emergency cabinet meeting. Among them are the reclosures of gyms and a a moratorium on indoor dining and bars and restaurants, and now the shuttering of movie theaters and casinos, among other types of businesses. We are very disappointed in the government's decision to close our theaters. We feel that these, uh, these forced closures, given our proven track record, are excessive and do not take into account the team, our team's efforts of which we are very proud. Ellis Jacob, the CEO of Cineplex, said in a statement. Um, guys, we had a feeling this was coming with a lot of the rising cases. Obviously, when we went to go see Tenet in August, which feels like years ago now, um, the cases in Ontario were very low, mm-hmm. and we felt safe going back to the theater. And we, th- I think we agreed that we had, we felt that we were safe in the theaters, and mm-hmm. we, we agree that Cineplex have been doing a great job yes. with that. Um it sucks that we're here, mm-hmm. and this is this is a, a 2020 that has not been kind to a lot of industries. Movies, movie industry being a big part of that, and Cineplex now is on the receiving end of uh, a kind of a failed purchase or purchased by Cineworld. Mm-hmm. Now they're I, I sent earlier in the ch- in the chat that um, they're. Rev- they've lost to a 277 million yeah you know this year when their revenue last year was only 300 million um and now we're closing in in probably one of the most populated parts of canada um 
where are you guys at with this news? So, I mean, look, I'm, I'm all for, you know, beating this virus. And I want us to kind of come out on top because our cases and numbers are rising. I do think it's interesting that theaters are closing since they've actually had a pretty decent job of, you know, social distancing and cleanliness. Right. And really, we're not seeing any cases come from theaters. No. So it was a bit surprising that they would close down. But... You know, malls wouldn't for any reason, even though those seem like, you know, sardine cans when you go there. Yeah. Everyone's kind of mm-hmm. packed together. Or people having giant parties at their house. Or still, people having know? giant parties at their house. Still. Like, you know, we're seeing still cars lined up on, on sides of the street, people going to those houses. So to see movie theaters, a place where really there's not that many people anyways going. No. It kind of sucked. And, I, and, and I'm trying my best to be as... Um, you know, correct about this. And, and I'm not trying to say like the, the virus doesn't exist because you know me, I'm, I'm totally on board of defeating this virus. But at the same time, I feel bad for people that, you know, they work at Cineplex, they have these jobs. And now one day they're literally just told, hey, by the way, tomorrow you're not coming in. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a, and right over Thanksgiving weekend. Like that's, that sucks. Yeah. It's, it's, now, it's hard. What we're told so far is that this is only meant to last a month. Yeah. This is a 28 day um, closure, shutdown. Shut yeah. But we'll also... Again, like, I don't, when we think back to last week's news with Cineworld closing, they're like, yeah, we're going to open up when Bond comes out. Or back in March, yeah, we're going to close for two weeks and then we'll be open up in April again. You know, that was our mindset. Do you, like, Anthony, do you think this is 28 days only or do you think this is... I hope it's 28 days only. I feel bad for for all all the people who are affected. I don't, I don't know why theaters and indoor dining and uh casinos yeah there's a lot of people that go to casinos but um i just just i just can't see like i i want statistics and knowing are movie theaters statistically drawing in more people who are spreading the virus right which i doubt it are these these super spreader events restaurants doing the same because i see like restaurants are all doing their part right like there is nothing no difference between like a walmart where you can literally be a sardine can mm-hmm. yeah in a sardine can and a theater who don't even have movies to friggin play mm-hmm. i wanted to go watch akira this week and i can't watch it now yeah right 4k and i know there was probably like what two other people who were gonna watch that movie at the same time yeah it was me and shay yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like i just i need to know why they chose their re- like what's the reason behind those right those industries and not other ones, right? What 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 makes this okay, not this okay? And because when we, I doubt like theaters are causing these. these I don't houses. think so because like even They're when even going when to- Tenet was out, like we went to go see Tenet and it wasn't a packed house. No, there's there's so much social distancing in theaters. You know, we had Sarah Van Lang on the show and she was telling us about like what they're doing and we saw it firsthand. We've gone to the theaters a couple of times since they've yeah. been open and. It sucks. I think of the not even just for Cineplex. Obviously, Cineplex is having a rough year, but even the, the local theater chains you know i think yeah. of the smaller theater chains that you know are resulting to selling their concession stands now like at like like hey come by buy popcorn buy a drink buy our booze like because that's literally they're trying to get any revenue they can and mm-hmm. it's it's unfortunate to see and i hope that uh like we were saying last week i hope that there's some type of government stepping in like to support these businesses because again People see it as like, oh, movie theater, like movies and Hollywood and the elite. It's mm-hmm. not that. There's so much more that that will it has a ripple effect throughout the industry. That if movies aren't being released, then they're not going to be shooting here. And there's the crews and everything like that. Right. There's there's a huge 
ecosystem that will collapse under at the that. base of it all it, it's the arts right right you have, you have to look at it that way and whether you you see just the glamour and the glitz there there's still more to it right um i can understand closing down patios because clearly that's i think patios are staying open though yeah I mean, really out, outdoor yeah, dining is okay is okay it's yeah only indoor what? Uh, yeah. The patios are the ones where like most people are contracting this damn thing, anyways. Yeah, patios just, are open. I've walked by so many patios and people are like, they're spitting more than they have ever before. <laughs> by the way, yeah, no patios. Patios are saying open. What the fuck? Yeah, but then you have that. We have to again. There has to be some sort of statistics saying patios are causing the spread because we don't know. It's just it's just like the government. The government doesn't know what they're doing. That's no. what it, that's they what it seems like. And, they just picked random things. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't say going to the mall is any different than staying in the patio. Oh, because they're wearing a mask. Right. There's a lot to this. What if the guy coughed in the air and then you, yeah. you two minutes, two seconds later, you walk through it? Right. It, your eyes were open. Mm. The virus went through your eyes. What? <laughs> yeah, your eyes can absorb the virus, yeah. apparently. Is droplets it, in the air and there's there's and there's a lot to there's so, a lot to the but i just there's so much there's so much when they picked and choose these random things i'm like well this is kind of like it's like stage two and a half and i feel like you don't know what you're doing right now right because if gyms got it they have to close down for 14 days yeah, yeah. so 700 people are not related to that yeah if a theater got it they have to close for so you know what i'm saying like why that right there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot to this and it's it's uh it's and, interesting yeah and i hope i hope we get more information and obviously i know that there's no big movies playing right now but right. even something there at least being open was helping yeah. them yeah. stay afloat right now it's like zero revenue yeah. zero revenue well here's the thing areas that are not affected like vaughn hamilton, uh, hamilton their theaters are still open correct i believe so yeah so yeah. i think this this right now is only um toronto peel region um, in ottawa in ottawa yeah, yeah. so kind of like the heavier populated area but yeah, so who knows the, if it will kind of ripple through the other it could spots, like you can right? like you can see that happening in a couple of weeks um or even in within a week but yeah like the 28 days is only affecting toronto as a whole being the biggest population right in ontario which will hurt cineplex yeah do you hurt them like it's like th that's like a dagger yeah, yeah that's really a do you guys where do you guys like again a year from now when hopefully we've we've beaten this virus or passed no this, and, beaten this in a year. um but i just i just hoping that we're in a better spot in a year i hope so um do you where do you think theaters will be as a whole right now because there's no way studios continue to sit on these movies well i guess i guess a better question for you here is do you think that in these 28 days we're going to see some earth-shattering news about Cineplex. Mm. I don't know if we'll see it in the next 28 days, but I think the Cineplex we see right now is going to look very different do by they, the time they March rolls down around. some of their theaters permanently and then only yeah. have like their major you know ones that are performing like maybe we'll have the one in Vaughn, yeah. the one by Square One, you know. They'll have a lot it's cuz they have 164 locations across uh, do Canada. They just, do they cut that down? I don't know. I don't. I can't see. Uh, again, I, nothing surprises me right. this year anymore. They would like. The, yeah, I would. I would suspect that they would close certain ones that are not like huge revenues. That are not to like them. the big ones, you know. Um, I but, also look at it as a way that I feel theaters would reinvent themselves. Like, yeah. You know, you know, like after a war, like a country would reinvent themselves. Right. Uh, they've gone like literally bankrupt, destroyed. 
they have to restart from the ground up. But right. Like that restarts the whole experience. Right. Because um, I always said like the Cineplex experience never felt like experiences that even when you mentioned going to the States and experiencing a right. movie there. So I feel like this would re like, even if they crash and burn, this experience would reinvent movie theaters as a right. whole. My, my only, my only concern right now is that we've theaters in a way have already been evolutionized in the sense where it's like the next iteration of it, where I, like, let's say when I think of like, I put it in terms of like, uh, like VHS is being succeeded by DVDs, mm. DVDs being succeeded by Blu-rays, Blu-rays to 4k. And now it's digital. And in my head, I'm just like, we have a digital experience at home. There's so many streaming services now that are getting content, which we'll talk about more in a little bit with, with kind of big movies going where, but like, do you think we end up in a world where everything is just streaming service, digital platforms, and we only have like it's rare that people have big screen experiences anymore. Yeah, I could see it happening. Yeah, I can see that. I can yeah. see it happening because just in the idea of a lot of people have that experience at home, right? Even though they don't have, you know, a eighty foot right um, screen. screen they do have like a 95 inch television, you know, yeah. like, t- do you TVs know are, somebody with a 95 inch television? Know, like, TVs are getting bigger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quality's getting bigger. Yeah. Sounds getting better. But, I mean, and it's convenient. cheaper. And it's right? cheaper. And convenience. Right. And I feel bad for all those who love the theater experience. Us. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, us compared to the masses, the masses, right. What would they want? Cause right. the masses didn't go out to Cineplex to watch Tenet. No, no, we did because we were film lovers. Right. And we were really, we wanted to help that industry. But like your neighbors, they probably would enjoy yeah. it from home. And right. how many people are like your neighbors than us? And right. that's that's the question. Right. Yeah. Or we make smaller boutique theaters, which could even be, it might not be the best solution. I don't, yeah. That's the thing. We right? even said like it, studios making their theaters, but how convenient is that? Imagine having to go, oh, you can go to the Disney theater to watch Disney movies right. and then you got to go to Paramount theater to watch yeah. Paramount movies. Which would be like, crazy. You got to drive everywhere think, else. Right? So, um, Keeping with some movie news though, the Oscars drive-in screenings will now count towards eligibility. This is coming from Scott Feinberg of The Hollywood Reporter. It would have been hard to imagine a year ago, but the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences has voted on Tuesday that drive-in screenings will now count towards qualifying a film for the 93rd Oscars. The Hollywood Reporter has learned. For drive-in screenings, there will only be one screening per day required, as opposed to three for all others. With the gradual reopening of theaters, the Academy has added two-part and amend. An endium to their, I guess, to their addendum, yeah. addendum to their uh, requirements mm-hmm. for movies. So one, films which are intended for theatrical release but are initially made available through commercial streaming, VOD service, or other broadcast may qualify by making the film available on the secure Academy Screening Room member site within 60 days of the film streaming, VOD release, or broadcast. So that's just saying, as long as it's being released on the Academy Streaming site, it qualifies. Two. Films may qualify with a traditional theatrical release competing, sorry, completing a seven-day run in one of the six qualifying cities. <laughs> Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco Bay Area, Chicago, Miami, Atlanta. Screening at least three times daily 
with at least one screening between 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. daily. Additionally, drive-in theaters in these cities will now qualify as commercial venue. However, the screening requirement will be adjusted from three times a day to once daily. Films that have a theatrical release are not required to submit to the Academy screening room within 60 days. It is optional. Uh, the 93rd Oscars will take place on April 21st, sorry, April 25th, 2021. Um, cool change. Again, this is another thing that I think we anticipated happening with, you know, video, VOD and right. digital movies being uh, being able to qualify for the Oscars. Why not have drive-ins? Because drive-ins are having a big resurgence right now, mm-hmm. right? But movie, movies are not coming out. So but it's movies like, are not coming out. But so, smaller movies are going to drive-ins. Yeah, but I don't think there will be an Academy Award this year. You don't think there's going to be a ceremony no. this year? No. So you don't think the April 25th date is actually going to come? No. I think they'll still do it. I, I think, think they'll do it, too. I think, I think they're desperate. But with what movies? But that's Look at all the movies still, that are not... Still, but there's still movies good. being released. It won't be good. But yeah. they're going to just base desperate. it on small films? Well, they, they extended the release. We're, we're only getting into the Oscar season now, which a lot of these movies, I think, are getting either small releases and digital online releases I'm telling right? you bad boys is winning best, <laughs> best picture uh no but but i still think there's going to be a lot of those oscary movies still being released yeah. vod but, and uh and smaller releases mm, in theaters i don't know man i just feel like a lot of the movies that were supposed to be considered oscar movie bait um have all been pushed back to the following year dude being one of them um West Side Story being another, yeah, uh, uh, French there's Dispatch. A lot. There's yeah. definitely a lot. There's definitely a lot. Yeah, but I still think I still place those in. Yeah, French Dispatch. Okay. Uh, those are still bigger movies. Where traditionally, like when you see like Best Picture nominees, a lot of them are smaller. Like the Phantom Thread. You know, like the the smaller released films, like um, like Nomadland, Nomadland, and things like that that have been released at TIFF and now have qualified uh, could qualify for um, the Oscars and stuff. I, I still think because because the the boundaries have been pushed like the the window to be eligible, I still think we'll see a lot. It just may look like a more it may more old, like more like a know? question mark of an Oscars like oh what yeah. movie is it's that? It's like a it's like a a bubble type of yeah. championship win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's like, yeah. But and it's, and it's interesting though because I mean like uh, the Emmys happened, right? And it was a it was a good show. Good like show. They, they did a good job showing it. But I wonder what the Oscars are going to look like this year. Luckily, with TV, so a lot easier though. So if yeah. the qualifying cities are all in the United States, yeah. which is also it's, doesn't, oh, always is yeah. LA even like open yet for theaters? I swear their theaters are still closed. Well, if it's a drive-in, then but they are, guess. are their drive-ins even open? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I I don't know. Like to tell you the truth, where do you find a drive-in? Like even in LA, you find a lot of drive-bys, but uh, <laughs> drive-ins maybe I don't know. Yeah. So it's just. Why? Why only American cities? What about international movies? What like that film from Korea? How are they gonna get it? They're gonna play it in San Francisco. Oh, they'll just release it on VOD. Atlanta. You know, they'll, they'll I guess yeah, digital, right? Like you have to make it accessible to people who don't have internet services yeah. that are high streaming. You know, right? But people who don't have internet usually don't have cars to go to drive and see. Well, no, that's <laughs> true. No, they probably yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, now we're assuming we're assuming a lot of things. About <laughs> yeah. It. Um, but it, but it's at least there. Are, I think at the end of it, it's just giving more options for filmmakers to hopefully get some recognition next year, whatever it looks like next year, if we're here next year. Like here in the sense of like alive, alive? Yeah, oh. alive. Oh wow, oh, if that's we're so morbid. <laughs> We're not then. 
Definitely then, not happening. Then I blame no. Anthony. Then yeah, I yeah. If, if we're not here, then no, there's no Oscars next yeah. year. Uh, moving on with the news this week, um, some really cool news. This one really got me excited. Benedict Cumberbatch joins Spider-Man Three as Doctor Strange. This is coming from Boris Kidd, oh, of the Hollywood Reporter, shit. Mr. Boris himself. Uh, the good and strange Doctor has been caught in the spider's web. Benedict Cumberbatch is putting on his cloak. Is putting on the cloak and levitation, a cloak of levitation, and will reprise Marvel supernatural hero Doctor Strange for the latest Spider-Man installment, starring Tom Holland, and being made by Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures. The movie puts Cumberbatch in the mentor role that was previously occupied by Robert Downey Jr., who played Tony Stark, Iron Man, and Spider-Man: Homecoming, and Samuel L. Jackson in Spider-Man: Far From Home. The latter reprising Nick Fury. The role gives Holland a chance to play opposite season actors, gives Peter Parker a father figure, and gives the movie extra star power while trying to uh, trying them to like tying them to the greater Marvel universe. Um, having Strange as part of Spider-Man may help explain the re- recent return of Jamie Foxx's Electro. Cumberbatch is about to begin shooting uh, Doctor Strange sequel, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which will explore alternate realities. And some speculate therein lies the cross section. Spider-Man three is uh, Spider-Man three is due to begin shooting in Atlanta later in October. While Multiverse of Madness is also expected to begin shooting later this month in London. It is unclear when and where Cumberbatch will shoot his scenes. Um, this is some pretty big news. Mm-hmm. This is some very big news. Anthony, what are your uh, immediate thoughts on this? Multiverse. That's, oh, my, that's multiverse. My multiverse. Yeah. Uh, because Doctor Strange could potentially, you know, jump from one universe to another and bring back Electro. Sure. From a different. That's who he chose to bring back was Jimmy Fox's Electro. Of all the people, uh, um, not even like William Dafoe as you know, Green Goblin. I was telling, I was telling, uh, I was talking to Shay about this last night. And I'm like, it'd be. I feel like we're gonna wake up one day and it's gonna be like Alfred Molina is coming back as. Dr. Octopus and Willem Dafoe is coming back as Green Goblin. Like yeah. it's gonna I feel like we're we're in a part where I think we could just do they could just do whatever they want now. They've established that the multiverse is a thing. Yeah. And like with WandaVision and Doctor Strange and even in Spider Man Far From Home, we saw that um you know, with uh, Mysterio who's saying, Oh, I'm from even though it was he was full of shit, but they were still kinda acknowledging right. multiverses and all that right. stuff, right? What so. I find interesting is when when you're reading it was the what I found interesting was the idea that Doctor Strange will become Peter Parker's um like, you know, father figure. It's Papa. Because Doctor Strange is not like the character uh Benedict plays doesn't seem like the one who would want to be a father not figure at all. No. to a Peter Parker. He's not, he's still, he's not there yet. He's fairly no. new as Dr. Strange. Right. Uh, so him being a father figure, it seems interesting. I just that dynamic right. of him probably having to, I guess more mentor. I don't think he would be like the, cause I feel like Tony Stark was the father role. Right. Or Dr. Strange will just be like, we can have two dads. <laughs> yeah, we can hundred yeah. percent, but I'm just saying like, I don't think he'll be, I think he'll just be more like, the mentor, and he'll be annoyed by Peter and things like that. Right. <laughs> you know? Because they, they, it was um, um, Infinity Ward where they, they commun- like they've actually had time together, yeah. right? So, okay. I'm just trying to remember the movie. Um, and who was, who was communicating who, who, with. Who were, who, who were the teams? Yeah, yeah. there are a lot of teams on So, that's, that's good. I, I'm, I'm excited for that dynamic of the movie. Just their, their battle back and yeah. forth. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, I think it's I think it's crazy. I think um, exactly like you said. I hope we see Alfred Molina come back. I hope we see you know Willem Dafoe come back. Did we see Toby? 
I you know what? I'll take it. I'll take I'll take that nostalgia over seeing Jamie Foxx as Electro. Dude, yeah. imagine this movie just you have a scene with like Tobey Maguire and like Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland like all together just like, I would it would be a, absolutely in, unreal. I don't want to wake up tomorrow and read that, you know, Paul Giamatti's back as the <laughs> Rhino. That would upset me a lot, I think, oh, personally. Very much, very much. Yeah. Like I'm okay to never acknowledge the Amazing Spider-Man s- series. Yeah, we moved on. We moved on. It. You can talk about the Toby ones all we want, and I'm I'm okay with bringing those guys back because yeah. they had banger villains in the first two. So I'm okay with that. We are. Well, I'm re- liking on his name now from um, that '70s show. Tover oh, Grace. Tover Grace. Grace. Yeah. We're bringing Tover Grace is Venom. Who was the same and again? What was uh what was the actor's name? Oh, uh, was I was just sideways. reading his name. I was just reading his name too. Uh, yeah, it's like Michael. I don't know. Something oh like. my god! Why am I blanking on this? I why was I reading his name? I was literally looking at it yesterday. I'm looking it up. Oh my gosh! Someone's yelling at their at their Thomas Hayden Church. That's it, Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He comes back as Sandman. He comes back as Sandman. Um, I have a daughter. <laughs> James Franco comes back as Harry Osborn. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Like clearly, they're doing a multiverse. Yeah. It's you can't deny it now. I think it's I think it's gonna open up some crazy shit. Oh, 100%. Because you can, like, with movies, they're all different versions of the same characters. So it's a multiverse. Why not? Just twist it up. Remember when they did X-Men Days of Future Past? And they fucking tied it at the end? Like, holy shit. That was crazy. That was was crazy. I wish that series ended there because that was a great ending. (laughs) That was so good. (laughs) But it did not. Alas, it did not. But yeah, I mean, this this is great news. We'll have to wait, obviously, a year. Um, Any predictions? Because they said the name will still include home in it. Do you guys have any predictions on what the name will be you said that it's filming in atlanta yeah all right <laughs> maybe you know spider-man in the dirty south no <laughs> home home of the dirty south home of, oh. home of, home away from, home of hotlanta yeah oh yeah we can do that yeah, that's deep it's too deep. but like it's what ludicrous. are you doing in atlanta right it can't be europe because they were doing europe no, but there's but there's going to be like the whole word home in the title home word spider-man down. and his homies there you go there we go there it is Hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I want to say Home Alone, but <laughs> what do you think it's going to be called? You write Kevin, in, right into this time with dot com slash talk. You let us know what. It's give us be your called. favorite, uh, and we'll pick the best one, and that winner will receive a personal kiss over the air, just like to, to the mic okay. from Anthony. Okay, like a. There you like, go. Oh, oh that's you, a teaser. You, you gave it away already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, our last, Bad COVID. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. That one had COVID. Uh, our last kind of major news story this week. Um, fun one for us because we've been anticipating this for a while. The Lord of the Rings finally getting a four, the 4K treatment this December. This is coming from Jeff Ams of ComingSoon.net. After years of waiting, Peter Jackson's epic Lord of the Rings and Hobbit trilogies will finally be available in 4K on December 1st. That's right. All six films. The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. The Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, and Return of the King have been fully remastered under Peter Jackson's watchful eye. What's more, both the extended editions and theatrical cuts of the films will be available in the new 4K format. Warner Brothers will release each series separately in its own respective box set, including a Lord of the Rings set that will include a replica of the uh, titular ring. If that's not enough, well, WB also announced that uh, 4K Ultra HD Middle Earth Ultimate Collector's Edition set 
uh, will release in the summer of 2021 that will collect all six films and their theatrical and extended cuts with an array of new bonus features, remastered Blu-ray discs of both trilogies. There's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Uh, great to see that this was done under Peter Jackson's watchful Why? eye. Um, the as, eye of Sauron, you know? The eye of um, this, is, this has been the series I think that most people has been waiting for to mm. see in 4K because we haven't yet. Um, the Hobbit, I'm surprised, never released in 4K. Very, yeah. Because those films were shot, I think, like in 30K, <laughs> you know? Um, no, they were shot in 5K, but yeah, they never got a 4K release. So it's nice to see that these are finally being released. And do you guys anticipate any like CG touch-ups anywhere? Do you think they'll clean it up? I was watching, um, and we'll get to when we're what we're watching but i was watching the first two lord of the rings this week and yeah you know it still looks great still looks great yeah but it stands out some scenes now you know there's definitely i mean from a movie that's pretty much almost 20 years old now yeah next year i think it's fair for it to have these kind of things but i was wondering i was looking at Gollum, and i was like huh they could they could do a little bit more here but i'm always wary of a director going back and touching up his films and they get a little overzealous yeah. and turn to George Lucas and then be like well why don't I just do this then right. change here I mm. didn't like how you said this like replacing uh, like imagine if they replaced Bilbo in Fellowship with the Martin with Freeman, Martin Freeman Bilbo I that, yeah. Um, yeah I'd rather than leave no, it as no, is no. even even it's the effects way, yeah. I'd rather yeah. the effects just be like cleaned up and yeah. re- like Made the 4K, 4K they'll stand out more, you know, right? That's why. So yeah, because I think Gollum, like to this day, still looks phenomenal. phenomenal. Like yeah. you could, you could. There's some scenes where you could literally put it side by side with something released in 2020 and be like, "This looks even better. the Balrog, yeah. yeah, amazing, yeah, yeah." Are you excited for this, Anthony? Yeah, 100. percent I'm a big fan of Lord of the Rings. Um, I'm looking forward to a 4K version of it. Yeah, rewatch it again during yeah. the Christmas season. Always when I watch Always. it too. Um, yeah. The only thing is, I don't want to buy it again. Yeah, because I already own it. There's going to be digital uh, versions of it. It's it like sounds Star like Wars digital as well will be updated as well. So yeah, then we'll I don't see. well. Like, it depends on the digital version you bought, right? Right. It'll be like, oh, does this one my, count? My is digital it? versions don't have extras, so I feel like that's not gonna. Yeah, mine yeah, probably won't. Play mine either. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see we'll what see. happens. But December first, though. It's it's such a great trilogy. Oh my that god! You should buy it. Yeah, yeah, not it's, over and over again, but like this, this, this version, yeah. But I've, I've, I own it, you know, the original DVDs. I own them. Yeah, right? me too. And I own the Blu-rays. Yeah, yep. and I own the extended edition of Blu-ray, yeah. and then I have the digital version, right. and then I have the digital extended as well. So oh. th- there's very few series that I will uh, th- that I will rebuy things for. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is one of those. Yeah, just because yeah. I never owned the cassettes of them because like we I. were we were well into DVDs then. But yeah, yeah extended edition DVDs I had. Um, oh, I didn't have the extended edition DVDs. Uh, just the, the Blu-rays. The Blu-rays. Uh, so I had the first release of the Blu-rays that had like this weird green tint to it. It wasn't oh. a good master. Um, and then I upgraded to the 4K. Sorry, the the extended box set, which is like my favorite Blu-ray collection mm-hmm. that I have. Um, and now 4K. And luckily, we don't have to wait for the extended editions as well. Right. It's all like at one time. Yeah. And then cool. I remember we bought. I think we bought the extended editions digitally for like. 10 bucks it was yeah, on sale once for 10 dollars. yeah we're like how could we not buy this <laughs> yeah yeah you know? so yeah. we'll see we don't have to wait too long so december 1st we got a date with some hobbits um new dates um these usually would have been new stories but i think it's best for us not to dwell on these because let's move on past them we're going to say it we're going to hold back our tears and we're going to move on dune has been pushed uh to october 1st 2021 the Batman has been pushed to March 4th, 2022. 
Jurassic World Dominion has been pushed to June 10th, 2022. Um, and in some good rare good news, news, Pixar's Soul is releasing on Disney Plus on December 25th, 2020. So no premiere access. This film will be available Christmas Day to watch in your homes on Disney Plus. That's good. That's, That's a smart move. Yeah. yeah. Very smart, smart move. move. Um, and I think this won't be the last film we see from Disney that may transition to this. Do you think we're going to see Black Widow? No. Uh, not Black Widow. If Black Widow doesn't hit its May date, I think it will go to Disney Plus. Because a year is way too long and Marvel has way too many things in the, in the, in the chamber yeah. that they need to get out. Trailers this week. Trailers. 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 Oh. I'll harmonize I'm sorry. It's all good. I got, I got Shay. I was literally extending the trailers because Shay was taking I a drink of water. I water. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Do I choke and die oh, or do I finish it? Uh, so let's go through our, our trailers quickly this week. We have Free Guy, The 355, News of the World, Mank, and Dickinson. Uh, what I'll start off. Uh, we got a new David Fincher trailer this week. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mank. What would you guys think of this? Shay, I'll start off with you. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be cool. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, I, I I love David Fincher. I think I'm wary of the film because it looks very Oscar baity and looks kind of boring because it's about you know making of Citizen Kane. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I, I forgot what his name Hollywood. was. I'm like, Orson Welles. I was like, is Oscar Meyer <laughs> the Wiener Man? No, Orson Welles. Sorry. Um, uh, so I'm I'm nervous, but I also but I love. Uh, Gary Oldman I think he's such a good actor yeah I mean I and David Fincher has not proven me wrong yet so um I'm very excited I think it's gonna be very cool uh yeah that's all I got yeah same here um it, I like the the whole production of it like making it look like something from that time period yeah even yeah. to the point where the titles and oh man that, that Netflix logo Netflix like, logo damn, and all Netflix. That. um I didn't know Gary Oldman was in this so seeing him and just so different. Yeah. Yeah, he's such a great character. He's actor. such a chameleon, man. Um, but yeah, it's on Netflix. I'll watch it. Yeah. It's black and white. Feels like, you know, an Edward Roma. Yeah. You know, like Oscar yeah. film. Let's For make, sure. Let's make it black and white. And yeah. then get that nomination, I guess. That's going to happen. <laughs> that's that's one of the Oscar requirements. Has to be black and white. Uh, Guaranteed Oscar nom. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a David Fincher film. No. No. There are certain scenes... Um, just in terms Certain of lighting, shots, yeah. you can see, yeah, this this feels like Fincherville. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, who's doing the 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 score? Trent Reznor. I'm not too sure. Shade, do you mind pulling that? I up? can definitely pull. That I feel up like it would be Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, but who knows? That seems like a, such an odd no, you, you maybe for this type of film. Well, I mean, they're also doing Soul, so like, can you imagine? Oh my that? god! Like, I totally forgot they were doing Soul. Like, that's that alone is. Uh, but yeah. Um, Any other trailers stick out this week? I mean, we got the Free Guy trailer, which I think gave away way too much of yeah, that film. The Free Guy trailer, I liked until they started giving away like like full on plot at points. the two yeah. and a half hour mark of the trailer. I was like, whoa! Like this is yo save some for the movie, save for the movie. <laughs> but it is uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Awesome. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I I I'm excited for Free Guy because obviously we love video games and Ryan Reynolds, but. I saw the whole movie pretty much. Yeah, in it. So, I was yeah. just like, "Whoa, this is this is giving away everything." It's like a Pinocchio story in a sense, where eventually it'll probably become real somehow. Yeah, yeah. You know? Sorry, I wasn't sure where you were going. I wasn't with that sure where you were going. I'm like, so I'm like, you, I'm like let, let Anthony okay, go with okay. this. What do you mean? 
I was when you said it's a Pinocchio story. I always when I think of Pinocchio, I always think of like his nose growing in line. Yeah, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, he wants to become a real, real boy. boy. Yeah. So in the end, they become actual people. Yeah, there's no strings on I me. I feel that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah I, I believe that. But yeah, this is just if you haven't seen this trailer, don't watch it if you're interested in a free guy because it gives away I think Everything. way too much. Yeah. Um, other trailers this week, 355, I think. Was not oh, a great oh, show. Yeah, what was that all about? Oh, I, the, the the Jessica Chastain, yeah, yeah. And Lupita Nyong'o. I literally thought this was a Netflix straight. Yeah. To, the poster looks like a Netflix poster. Yeah, I was like, oh, and then I was watching. I'm like, why would you like choose this movie? It doesn't look good. Like, <laughs> no, no, the plot is not great. It's this looks cheesy. Yeah, it felt like um like a Michael Bay type of idea. Yeah, it might be a lot of three. Two eleven. What was the movie called again that you really like? Oh, the three two eleven. Six underground. That's six it. underground. <laughs> I like six underground though, like just for its like action. But this doesn't look like great action. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Jessica Chastain is like going towards more action films. Yeah, which is weird because I really like her in movies like Molly's Game. Yeah, yeah. Then Interstellar. She's doing, was it Ava? She did. She last? did Ava. Ava. Yeah, she did. Uh, Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Yeah, she's 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 definitely chooses uh, action roles. And I, interesting roles. So it's fine, but like you're such a good character actress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dickinson looks good too. I mean, uh, Apple TV Plus original show. Yeah. News uh, of the World was a weird one, I think. Uh, I didn't see News of the World. It's Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't see it, but I seen the picture of it. It's yeah, like I watched West- the trailer. Is it a western or? Yeah, it's like it's like the eighteen hundreds, I think. Right. Um, I forgot what it's about now. The trailer did not. <laughs> when when I me. when I saw this, I'm like, oh, did somebody say that they were just like, oh, the news of the world? That <laughs> the, the, the is like is, someone was watching CNN. Is but this I, the one where he, he shot in Australia where he got the the virus? Where he, where he got COVID from? You it's, know what? Directed by Paul Greengrass. Yes, it is. Oh wow, really? Yeah, it's yeah. Paul Greengrass that directed it. Um, Did he, he worked with him on Captain Phillips? Yes, no? that's it's like they're reuniting basically. Oh, Captain Phillips too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm still the captain. But uh, it's only like a one minute trailer. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it was just it wasn't for me. But I, I'll, I'll give it a shot. It's, okay. it's due out this December 25th. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see. We'll see about. So it's free guys. It's supposed to be December theater release. It's still, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. That feels like a like a perfect like streaming movie. Yeah. You know, just free guy. Yeah. yeah, maybe they're not saying it because they're like, yeah, we'll put it on Disney Plus too. Yeah, is it a Disney film? It's a Fox well, film. Fox. Oh, okay. But like, put it on Disney Plus. You know, just, just do it. Just, just take the L. It's not gonna do know. well this know, year. Man. Guys, what have you been watching this week, Anthony? I want to start off with you. Um, so I've been watching. I'm still watching Lovecraft uh, Country, Third Day, uh, The Good Lord Bird. Which is a new sh- uh, series on. It's a limited series. How is that on one? I keep seeing the poster. For Showtime. It. So it's a really good series. I'm just gonna pull up the premise of it. Just <laughs> no, because it's a good series. Uh, is that, is that no, the one with Ethan Hawke? It stars Ethan Hawke. It's, it's like a western. It's not a western. It takes place during it's like, old. like. Well, yeah, it takes place during the 1800s. 2049. Yeah. The story of um, John Brown, who was. Um, We'll say I, I can't pronounce the name. Ab- 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 an ab- abolitionist, abolitionist, who um, really the only way he can get his message across is through violence. He's oh. a very holy man, yeah, yeah, but he's very, very violent. violent. Yeah, um, and his goal is to rid the South of slavery, and it's told in the eyes of an actual boy who. He thinks it's a girl because <laughs> of a certain scenario that happens in the beginning of the okay, show. Okay. So it's a dramedy. It's a oh, drama, okay, yeah. but there is comedy, but there is very 
like heavy heavy yeah. drama i saw a trailer target. for it and i was just like damn this show looks intense as hell yeah but now you're saying that there's a, it's, it's a comedy really did. like you learn about um the the history of how you know the civil war started because nice. of john brown and his idea of like saving um the slaves and freeing them um and great great performance by ethan hawk awesome. like playing this eccentric you know holy man but you know lives by the gun type of thing awesome. or lives by vengeance i gotta see it um but yeah it's an interesting story showtime crave watch it and then i'm continuing to watch the grand tour and i put on the silence of the lambs very appropriate for this time of year yeah and i forgot how good this movie is like you know there are movies that you watch and you're like yeah that's a great movie right and you know, like I'll own it and I'll have it. But then there's movies that you watch and you're just like, holy shit! Like even to this day, I don't know how long Silence of the Lambs is. It's still 90, captivating it's and 91, engaging. Yeah. yeah, and just under like the, just the story. The story, everything was so perfect for that film. Yeah, the moment you meet Hannibal Lecter, Clarice walks through that that jail cell and you see him in his in his uh, in his room to the point where. You know, Clarice gets stuck into Buffalo Bill's house like his, yeah. by luck. Yeah. Just now having to deal with that. And just the psychological twists and turns. Yep. I forgot about the whole ambulance scene. Yeah. Where he he put he cuts off the cop's face yeah. and puts it on his <laughs> face and pretends he's the one who's in, you know, cardiac arrest. Right. And he rips off his face in the ambulance scene, right? Oh my it's, gosh! It's a movie it's that's so good. You could like, do you know why this movie is, has endured so long? Is like yeah. a favorite of so many people. Um, yeah, it's it's just one of those movies. I'm like, damn, this is like a bone chilling film that it's, like I don't think gets enough now. When people think yeah. about horror movies, I don't think people think of that one as much because it's not like an outright like like gore fast type film but like right. psychological it's really. just like oh man that's a movie that that stays with you yeah for and sure. the person i was watching with they're like is is this person a real person i'm like no no thank god no not. god no. could you imagine but going going back to 1991 anthony hopkins won best actor yep uh jodie foster won best actress uh director won best director and won best picture you know you never like, see that with horror films now no and it's so well deserving because sometimes you watch a film and you they win best picture best actor and you're like hmm you watch Silence of the Lambs. You cannot say you don't like this film. It's sure. so good, so well written. Ah, oh, it's it's timeless. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 phenomenal. I was watching it last year, I think I want to say, and yeah, I loved it. I thought it was, it's it's just eerie. Yeah, yeah, it's just his eyes and his performance. You like as that Hannibal Lecter? That 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 feeling of being uncomfortable, like like I don't know what's going to happen next. Like yeah. that's a, that's the feeling. That's that's the horror feeling I love feeling when watching yes, movies. Yeah. I don't like 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 jump scares. They don't bother me, but I'm like I feel like it's a cheap way of scaring somebody. Like if you rely on that, yeah. and I'm not like a big like gore or like like Evil Dead. It was it Evil Dead, right? Yeah, Evil yeah, Dead. Evil Dead. Like that's not for me. Yeah, per se. Not not there's anything wrong with those movies. It just I don't find as much. Like those are aren't the ones that I put on, right. but like a movie like Silence of the Lambs will will just be like, yeah, this this. It's literally this, why I've loved um, movies like by Ari Aster so far because they fit that wheelhouse of psychological torment. Right, you can see it, Jodie Foster's eyes like she's, she's literally at the FBI and she's just her first, you know, um, in the case is to talk to Hannibal Lecter, and she does such a great performance trying to like deal with her inner 
demons from being you know an orphan and him like catching on to that and yeah. like telling her and just messing with her messing with her minds like were you you know you were born in virginia and you know you were daddy's little girl type thing and it's just like, just like oh god like get like, out of my head do everything yeah. that's great so you had a good week of, of watching stuff yeah man it was a good uh good week uh i'm gonna go next to change things up and then i'm gonna Whoa, wrap things up with shit rude but okay. is it is it rude i don't know that's a uh, we'll change up because because i there's a uh, there's I want I want Shay to talk a little bit more about some of the things that he watched, uh, just because I didn't. <laughs> Don't I didn't butter me up. No, <laughs> no, I do though. No, I I'm do. Just kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, this week, so in honor of having Nathan Johnson on, on the show later, obviously I watched Don John, which is directed by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which is a great film. I think if you haven't watched it, it's about a guy who it's it's like a modern modern guy who's addicted <laughs> to pornography. Of course, you know, and he's kind of trying to balance. Not even trying to balance. He's he he's. Kind of like this Don Juan character that he's just go tries he's to go your, with any girl. He's like, your Ed Hardy, like you know, just douche. Like I'm from New Jersey. He's I'm going to slick. He's a, he's a, slick he's my a hair back. Jersey Shore guy. You know. Yeah, yeah he's a Guido. Yeah, you know, like, he's that's just a proper term. I don't want you know? to. <laughs> I think that's racist term. <laughs> Is that sure. racist? Okay, I I'm so sorry. I take it back. I take it all back. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just like like oh I I can get with any girl I want, but at the there's fundamentally there's nothing that gets him more in love than when he watches a porn. pornography you know when you it, say it. Pornography. Why, why, why are you when he watches it, porn. Just say porn you know when he watches <laughs> you old titties on the internet um so yeah a great film great score in that movie uh watch looper which is a ryan johnson film that nathan also composed the music for um i watched on the rocks which shay and i spoke about you could listen to our review now on the movie podcast feed uh i finally beat ghost of tsushima Oof. so i've joined the club with you guys that we've all have completed i'm working on that platinum now uh, the boys, Shay and I watched. Anthony has not watched yet. We won't get into the plot points of it. That that's what I was going to ask. And I know this is live on the podcast. We need to do a boys season recap. Sure. Yeah. Episode next week. Done. When you're done watching it, we'll do it. Yeah, because it was so good. But I haven't watched this one because I feel like I don't want to watch it because I don't want to end it. I know. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing. I think my biggest, my only complaint this season is like, man, I think we could have had two more episodes. Mm fleshed out a little bit more what was going on because the show is so good and i think uh we spoke about like like yeah there's it's very over the top with like the violence and like the the nudity and like all that kind of stuff that happens in it but that's just kind of like this is one part of it that's just like yeah like kind of like the 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 things you see right away but like there's such a fantastic story being told in this Mm. that like you just get addicted it's such a great show such a great show uh, I watched The Devil All the Time, which is a Netflix original with Tom Holland and um, Robert Pattinson and a bunch of other people. Um, this movie um, was very heavy and literally it was just like dark and depressing. And I, I don't think it's I don't think it was like a bad movie, but I was just like, man, like it's just one of those movies that every scene got like progressively just like darker and heavier that I'm like. I don't know what the moral of this movie is or like there's not really a plot to it just kind of just feels like this is things that are happening and like what's the next worst thing in Virginia with these preachers and the Stark and like man like it's just like let's think of dark subject matter after dark subject matter I'm like this is heavy shit um I I can't really say that I recommend watching it to be honest with you just Mm -hmm. because like I just kind of like bummed me out yesterday. I'm like, man, like that's like a that's a heavy movie. Tom Holland's good. Like he does a good, uh, you know, West 
Virginia accent. Mm. You know, Robert Pattinson can't recognize his voice at all because he has a very just like Southern voice in it that doesn't sound like him at all. But um, it was an interesting watch for sure. Uh, but again, it's cool that movies like this can exist on Netflix and sure. they'll find an audience and things like that too. And to wrap up my week, you know, to literally kind of counteract the effects of the devil all the time, I watched the movie Twins, which Great is film. with uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. What so. a good movie. Great film. This was just, I haven't watched it in some time, so I, I subscribed to Stars last night. Oh, nice. So I was like, you know what? Like, Star, I'm like, I, I was just going it through has Stars. The wildest film. And I'm right? like, you know what? Twins. I'm going to put twins on. Sure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and you just, you watch it. Cause like, it just has like, like stars kind of feels like TBS did yes. growing up where it's like, Oh, what's the movie on the Saturday? What's the movie on the Sunday at 12 o'clock? Like, Oh, it's sister act two. Yeah. Let's watch it. You know, I, that, that's what that's has been for me. Like after I subscribed to stars, I was like, Oh man, there's all these movies in there that I never thought about. Yeah. And I'm really glad Rami's on there. And you guys got to watch yeah, it. Yeah. Rami's on there. Yeah, I have it in, my, it, yeah. in my watch list. Yeah. So definitely watch it. It's really funny. And, yeah, man. It's just like the most bizarre films that I'm like, oh, I've never thought about this movie in a while. Let me put it on on yeah. like a Sunday evening. Exactly that. Yeah. Shay, what have you been watching this week? Uh, so I finished The Loudest Voice. And nice. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was so damn good. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, so good that I watched it again. Good. <laughs> so I watched <laughs> Glad it you one, really liked it. <laughs> yeah, I watched it one more time with some of my girlfriend because she hadn't seen it. Um, during the month of October, I love revisiting the Treehouse of Horror episodes of The Simpsons. So, um, I mean, I watch Simpsons all the time, but... Now I know that Disney Plus has it really laid out that you can just watch the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Do you watch it in the proper aspect ratio now? Yes, I do. Thank God. And um, I've just been kind of going through them and watching them. I was really in the mood after talking to Adam um, last uh, week on the show. I really wanted to watch The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. But I didn't have two and a half hours. <laughs> I had about two hours, luckily. Or I think it's Panic Room a little longer. I don't even know. But I was like, okay, I'll put on the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo probably sometime this week. But I was really wanting to watch Panic Room because I hadn't seen that in a very, very long time. And man, that movie's so good. Great movie. I haven't, hadn't seen it in a while, but it really is damn good. It's Fincher's more bizarre one, I think. Is I, I, It's weird to know that it's a Fincher film because it's a very 2000s movie. Oh, for sure. But um, man, it's really good. I really enjoy it. I love Forrest Whitaker and Jared Leto, uh, Kristen Stewart, Anthony Smiling. What's going on? What, you guys, you guys you... both watch Jodie Foster movies. This yeah, about, I know. What about Dwight Yoakam? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I wasn't. I wasn't even there yet. But because you were smiling at me, and I was like, "Oh, is he going to say that we both watched a, a Jodie Foster movie?" Did you no, recognize was... who Dwight Yoakam was? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, because I, I heard his voice, and I'm like, "Oh, it's got to be him." This leads to that question all the way back in. Oh man, I'm trying to remember Whenever. when that when Anthony's trivia question when he asked question, us what country star was in Panic Room. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's that right. awful that's like, question. That, just random. And it wasn't. There was nothing Panic Room related on the episode <laughs> either. Or David Fincher. <laughs> guys, what country star? What? And we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, but yeah, we were, and I loved Panic. Room. I thought it was so good. I can't wait to watch it again. Um, <sighs> and then when the news broke out about the Lord of the Rings 4K trilogy, I was like, oh, I want to see what. You know, Fellowship looks like still because it's been like a year since I've seen it. So I put it on and then I ended up just watching it all the way through. And then I finished it. I was like, oh, wow. I'm like, I wonder what Two Towers looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I went on Two Towers and I ended up finishing that too. I love the Are you going to watch Return of the King? Probably. I mean, I mean, it was, they were so after one another that I was kind of like, 
in that I, zone. Already. I love how you didn't have time for growth the dragon that too, but you did have five hours to watch. <laughs> but it, was, it was only because I was like, oh, like I just want to see the quality. Because those movies are damn good. Not, again, and, Dragon Two is amazing. Oh, for, but I'm not like Lord of the Rings. I'm saying like once you start watching it, like you can't stop. So yeah. last night I was gonna put on Grow the Dragon that too. I was literally about to hit play, and then my brother and my girlfriend were like, well, you know. Why don't we try something else? I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, the other option is also Looper because we interviewed uh, Nathan Johnson this week and I haven't seen it probably since the theater release. Um, so then we put that on. So we only got about halfway through it because we were getting really tired. But yeah, uh, I was really enjoying it. Um, but again, I remember myself also really enjoying the first half a lot. It was only when we got to the second half that for me personally, it, got, it, 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 it gets did, a little yeah, slower. Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't sit as well. So I'm curious now when I finish the film, how I'm going to feel on it. Uh, we watched On the Rocks, of course, and I also watched Downhill, the um, Force Majeure, Force Majeure remake with uh, Will Ferrell and Julia Drivers. Drivers, yeah. Uh, it was good. It was good. It's um, it's uh, it's slow. Uh, it's it's got like a very dry humor kind of sense. Um, I think performance wise, Julia Drivers does such a good job, and then she's really good. But um, oh, I, overall, it's um, it was it was okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's what we've been watching this week. Stay tuned now for our topic of the show where we have a lovely discussion with composer Nathan Johnson. Welcome back and joining us now on the movie podcast is one of my favorite composers. You know his work from movies like Brick, The Brothers Bloom, Looper, Don John, and most recently Knives Out, just to name a few. Please welcome Nathan Johnson to the show. Hi, guys. Hi, hey, Nathan. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Nathan, I guess, guess right off the bat, we'll just jump into it before, before we ask you one of some of our many movie related questions, how are you doing? How are the last, uh, six or seven months been for you so far? Oh, you know, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been, it's actually been all right. Um, you know, I mean, everything has kind of slowed down or stopped, but, uh, but that kind of actually allows for working on a bunch of personal projects that often, you know, that often get put on the back burner when when you got a bunch of other film stuff going on. So it's it's been good. That's awesome. How have, how have you been? Uh, other than work, what other things have you been doing? I guess to to stay sane, stay occupied throughout everything happening right now in the world. Yeah, re- I, you know, reading, walking, trying to get outside every day. Um, been been doing some painting um you know all, all of those That's types awesome. of things yeah yeah so guys i think i think we're we're good just to, let's just let's just dive into some of our questions for, awesome. for nathan here so yeah, yeah let's I'll, do it. Shay, I'll kick it i'll kick it to you shay cool, cool cool thanks again nathan for joining us now your cousin ryan ryan johnson has always said that you guys have been making movies together since you were 10 what were some of those early movies like um, you know, they were, uh, they were the citizen cane of, of <laughs> no, they were, uh, um, I mean, basically we would just, we would kind of have a camera and come up with an idea and then just start. <laughs> so they were, they were not planned out. They, um, 
usually they would be family vacation type things where, you know, right. a, maybe a normal family would go to an amusement park and we would just spend like two weeks every day roping all the younger cousins into, <laughs> into making these movies. Um, yeah. And they were, you know, this was this, obviously this was back before, um, before the days uh, when at least when we had access to computers so it was all kind of plugging cables into vcrs and you know trying to edit music into them by by putting putting a discman into the left channel and wow. simultaneously hit play and record together um but yeah they i mean it it really in a certain way it kind of feels like we just never stopped doing that that's wicked how is that, how did you guys awesome. like how did you guys, I guess, like transition from just, you know, making things as you were kids to like, oh, this is what we do as a living now? Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of was a gradual transition. Like we, we just would always kind of make movies or write songs. Um, and Ryan, you know, Ryan sort of like, he, he, he went to film school and wrote Brick basically right after film school but you know it took like six or seven years to you know to like find people who would who would like believe in it enough to put up some money to make it sure Um, and i had at that time i had this band that was um you know that i I just finished this record that was kind of like a concept album combined with a graphic novel um and he I was living in England at the time he was editing brick like in his apartment and he just asked, you know, do you want to, do you want to do the score for it? Um, and it, and, uh, you know, up until that point I hadn't, you know, I was always into movies and always into music, but I had never really thought of, of scoring films, but, uh, but I was like, yeah, of course, like let's figure out how to do this. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that was kind of the, the pivot point there in terms of, of actually like, okay, I'm going to score this. Let's figure out how we're going to do it. Yeah. That must've been, cool. been a pretty, yeah, that must've been a pretty like wild experience kind of jumping right into there. Do you guys still have some of those older movies that you were working on or ever thought about maybe converting them to HD or something like yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. We've got, um, we've got the family archives of old movies that will, that will probably never see the light of day, but all of our, <laughs> all of our family has like a secret password enabled site to uh to watch all that stuff that we made when uh-huh. we were little that's it's like, like all that paramount pretty much yeah okay that's right yeah it's it's a, it's a, it's exactly that secure <laughs> <laughs> now nathan we read uh your interview with uh, ryan about john williams uh hook soundtrack scoring all the movies you made growing up together uh yep. we were who were some of your other musical inspirations composers bands yeah. artists um i mean to composers off the top of my head, Morricone and Nino Rota, those were kind of, you know, early on. Um, and even, even like when we were making brick, that was, you know, we were, we were referencing Morricone a lot for brick, Nino Rota a lot on the brothers bloom. Um, Brian and I were huge fans of John Bryan back in the, the early days of this little club in LA called Largo. Um, John Bryan would kind of do these Friday night performances that we would we would go to and it was it was kind of this just this amazing community of people there so 
you know, so we kind of looked up to him both as a musician and as a composer. Um, but yeah, that's kind of spans, spans the board. That's dope. That's awesome. Um, now you've been no stranger to Toronto and that's, you know, thanks to TIFF. Um, as a show that we're based in Toronto, we'd like to know what do you love about the city and, you know, Canada in general? Um, all Canadian cities I love. <laughs> <laughs> a very good answer. Very good answer. No, I do. I like, I, so my mom is actually Canadian. She's from oh. Vancouver. Oh, sure. Um, so I've spent a lot of time in Vancouver growing up and then, um, more in Toronto kind of later in life for, for the festival. Um, but yeah, I, I really love, I really love Canada. Um, there, there's, there's probably some predisposition to it with my, with my family, but, um, it's, it's kind of funny. It, it almost feels like this, um, like to me, at least having grown up in America, but also having spent a lot of time in Europe, um, mm-hmm. Canadian cities kind of feel like they have sort of the best elements of both of those, um, both of those. I don't know if you guys, if that yes. makes sense to you. Or no, that's oh, for exactly sure. It, it definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like there's like this really nice sort of spill out onto the street culture, which weirdly enough, I mean, now due to the pandemic, like American cities are starting to do that too. Um, so I hope that's something that we retain um, hopefully after the pandemic goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something I love about, um, you know, <clears throat> about European cities for sure, the cafe culture and how that all kind of flows out into the town. Right, right, right. Is there a, is there a particular spot you always go to when you're in Toronto or you just... I mean, weirdly enough, I like, I feel like I only were I only ever downtown in like right around theater row there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If, right. You know, like, that we're we're in some in some hotel and we're kind of just like going back and forth between theaters um but i stayed the first i think the first time we were there was for when brothers bloom was playing the festival and we stayed at like an airbnb down is it um is it king street um yeah where the the light box is yeah but like further out of town so we would oh gosh kind of like this cool little area over by the drake kind of yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. uh yeah so i don't know i I, it's like it's one of those cities that i want to actually like get to hang out in when we're not there for a festival because i i'm sure i'm sure the the city is a lot different than when when everyone is there (laughs) overcrowding it for the festival oh definitely yeah. yeah Um, just like speaking on the festival, I think going back, like, uh, I was going like through my old tweets and don't worry, there's nothing bad there, but like eight years ago, uh, around almost like just past eight years now, uh, you were in town for Looper. Um, and I remember like, I was just talking about like how I was so excited to see it. And we were talking about the track on the Looper soundtrack called Relevations. Um, and you, you said that it took like sort of a year to make that. Was that the soundtrack or was that just that one song that took no, a year? The sound, yeah, I was working on the whole soundtrack for a Okay. Bit. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> just coming back to that one song for uh, for a year, that'd be insane. No, that would um, be, uh, something would not be working if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, just, but just on that too, because uh, for myself, like music was something that um, was a, a huge part of my life growing up and still is to this day. I don't compose uh, 
as much as I'd like to now, but I remember asking you all those years ago, like what advice you would give to somebody who was just trying to be trying to break in composing, which was me at the time. And you, you literally tweeted back to me, which I, again, I take so much thanks for that, that you did. Um, and you said like, just score anything you can for friends start now, even with limited means. And I like for someone who was like at that time, you know, just kind of starting school, starting to get into um, composing, not just for myself, but for other people, like that meant the world to me that I'm like, Hey, I'm getting, I'm getting this confidence boost from somebody's whose work I admire. So I just oh, want to say thank great. you for that. I'm glad I, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad that was positive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it's always, it's always a little scary sometimes going back through, uh, like, Oh geez, what did I tweet you? What did I say? <laughs> no, this is, uh, we're trying it. to get you here, Nathan. <laughs> um, no, but again, like going back to that looper soundtrack, that's, I think like I, that was one of those movies that I think really started to like kind of kick down the doors for like, like this is like this, like this soundtrack is just so crazy and experimental. And I think what Ryan did with that film is just so dope as well too. Um, but I know Anthony has a, a follow-up question, so I'll, I'll kick it over to him to ask it. Yeah. So uh, throughout the Looper soundtrack, there are lots of like industrial and ex- experimental elements like sampled gunshot gunshots uh masking tape hitting a piano car door slams um why did you want to go in that direction well it it really that kind of all started with ryan actually um i remember when we first started talking about the score um and this is this is kind of one of the great things about working together with ryan is because he he kind of like jumps between genres always and it's so whenever we start a movie um it's like okay, what what sandbox are are we going to get to play in now? It's it's always really different. Um, and so for Looper, you know, it's it takes place in in a you know a version of the future that is is kind of like rotted out and um, sort of falling apart. And and so I remember early on, Ryan was saying like, what if we went into warehouses and pushed TVs off the roof and recorded that? And, oh, you know, so so right away I realized you know this is this is going to be super not not what we had you know definitely not what we had done for the brothers bloom which was ultra melodic um but i also remember he was saying like you know i think he had just started getting into wagner's ring cycle at the time and um the opening to that he was like what if what if the whole score is like one chord um so oh, i just wow. knew he was like really open to doing something something kind of really different um and around that time i i was really interested in this idea of of like for kind of for lack of a better word the idea of microscopic sounds like things that are everyday sounds but are so quiet that we wouldn't normally hear them and Mm -hmm. so i um so i got a field recorder and just moved to new orleans where we were shooting the the movie and while while they were while they were filming, I was just like wandering around set and the city down there um, with a pair of headphones and a field recorder, just kind of looking for stuff that sounded interesting. Hmm. That's amazing. It's cool. That's, that's what I was going to actually like follow up and ask is, you know, each, each film that like you've worked on with Ryan, like they have been so distinct. Um, but how early does like the score start getting worked on? I know, I know um, I was watching the, 
like for Knives Out, for example, I, like you guys were kind of talking about how like Ryan was telling you about this idea for years. Um, and then you kind of started working with like these, these strings coming in, uh, like these kind of stabby strings that you, as yeah. you guys say, but like, how do you, how soon do you start working on a soundtrack? Do you wait for a picture or are you kind of working as things are being shot? With Ryan, I'm, it's always really early. I mean, he, he sends me the scripts, you know, basically right after, after it's finished and, you know that feels like Christmas morning to me. It just I'm I'm such a big fan of of his writing, and so it it's uh, so that's sort of my first chance to to get to dive into the world. But but at that point, I'm not thinking about music. I'm just like super excited to read this new Ryan script. Of course, um, but uh, but then but we'll start talking about really broad picture stuff really early on Bef- you know before production we'll we'll be talking about references or uh touch points or broad ideas and then while usually the way it works is I'll I'll kind of relocate to wherever they're filming for for a little while so that I can be on set and just kind of observing and and during that time I'm I'm kind of coming up with thematic ideas and motifs and and just just uh you know, just kind of the early stages of figuring out what what is this world going to sound like. Makes sense. And I mean, like, you know, you mentioned, like, you can't wait for that uh, Ryan Johnson script. I mean, Knives Out 2, whatever it looks like, I <laughs> we can't wait to to see it, whatever it turns out to be, and you whenever and we see it. You and me <laughs> <both>. <laughs> How many That's knives are in the sequel? <laughs> All the knives. All They're all out. Uh, finally, they're finally all out. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> um, now you've, you've had the opportunity to, you know, work with Joseph Gordon Levitt, Mr. JGL on Ryan's films. What was it like working with him as a first time director though, for Don John? Yeah. Well, re- really it wasn't really his first time directing. I mean, he, he's got, I don't know if you guys know about hit record, but he, Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah. And, um, so he, he's been making short films for, for forever. Like back, mm-hmm. I remember, um, you know, we obviously got to know each other and uh, like back on brick. And I remember him giving me like a, this was still in the time of burn DVDs. He gave me like a, <laughs> a DVD wow. with, um, with like a handful of short films that he had made. Right. Um, and we were, you know, er, back then I remember him telling me about, music ideas for for movies and um yeah so he i mean he's awesome he's like obviously i think one of the one of the greatest actors of his generation but he aside from that he's he's very multifaceted he's an amazing writer and director but also he's a musician um and so when we did don john um it was actually really really unique for me because he was saying like listen i want to cut this to your music um but it wasn't like write a bunch of music and give it to me and then we're gonna cut it like he was right the way that we did that is he would he would kind of show me a scene and i would i would work up an you know a, an idea for a cue and then he would like fine-tune edit to it because and the the what was kind of unique about that is because he really wanted um he really wanted to be cutting rhythmically. So, you know, something that often happens is say the picture changes and suddenly you're, you're like missing a beat. Um, and you, you, the, the natural rhythm of the music 
has to be edited and cut to. And he didn't want that to happen. He wanted the music to really establish the rhythm. And then, right. you know, they would cut to that. That was literally my like my follow up question about Don John because there's such a a collaboration between like the sound editing, the sound design, and the score, um, just like with kind of like the flashes and the strobe lights and yep. like all of that. So I was going to ask like like that that's amazing that you were kind of there was that much fine tuning to it, um, and also like did you guys like sample like like porn moans in that, in that as well too, like just to like to sync up to the score and stuff, or is that just more that, a sound design choice? That probably would have been a sound design. Yeah. I, I, um, that's a good idea though. Where were you? Where were you when we were recording it? <laughs> I, you know, I was, I, I saw that tip that year and I'm like, damn, did they sample some, some, some different, I mean, some is, different movies for this? Yeah. And the thing is, is that Joe is so rhythmically oriented that all of that would have, even the sound design for that would have been rhythmically working with what we were doing because those sequences that you're talking about, there was kind yeah. of this, um, sort of this pattern that would happen throughout the movie um, where, where it would, it would sort of build to a climax and, and that was all really specifically choreographed. Um, but, but then that would happen also, you know, we, we, we kind of started out in, in like club land for that movie, but then once, yeah. once Joe's character meets Scarlett's character there, we, we kind of transition the score into this, more like this romantic old Hollywood orchestral vibe. Yeah, it had this fairy tale feeling to yeah, it. Yeah, and even but even with that, we're still in the same rhythmic patterns. So so all of those like climax and crescendo elements are there. Um, you know, and then in the final sort of the final third of the movie, um, right? It all gets stripped down to just electric guitar um, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so that I mean that was such a fun project because all of that also was coming from Joe. He was like I want I want each of these three segments of the movie to kind of exist in their own musical world. Um, right. Yeah, so that was you know, it's not often you get to do something that conceptually interesting for a movie. Mm, well, if he ever does a, you know, a, a Don John two revenge of the porn, there you go. That's where you can start sampling that porn right. idea. I'll, I'll be calling you guys up. <laughs> yeah, just, just, you, know, you know where we are. If you need some Canadian talents, we got you. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're not, we're not the talent for the porn though, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Agree to disagree. Um, Nathan, you worked on the soundtrack infamous second son. How was the process working on a video game versus a film? It was it was great. Um, yeah, I th- uh, leading up to that, I was like, "What is what is this going to be like?" Um, and I think I think video games maybe they don't all work this way. But so Second Son was with Sony, and Sony has a team, um, like a whole music team, and they were they were awesome because you know it was a it was really collaborative. So um, so there were three composers for that. It, my co-composers were Mark Canham and Brain, uh, the drummer. And um, so the Sony team was like, listen, we're here for you guys. We just want you to write whatever music you're going to write and we'll figure out how to make it work. Um, you know, and I, without going too into the weeds detail-wise here, 
the way that video game music works is you kind of have to um obviously because it's it's open world so you have to be able to um to sort of duck in and out of musical themes um based on how quickly the player is playing or if they you know if, if suddenly things get intense um there's there's this whole engine that processes the music in the game mm-hmm. um and and so the way we did that is we would we would kind of write pieces in in whatever whatever tempo and time signature we wanted to and and i think usually with that s- sort of stuff maybe they lean towards like make sure you just keep it simple and four four but with this they were like man write in weird time signatures we'll figure it all out <laughs> um so yeah it was it was really um it was really fun actually it was just really cool to kind of you know dip into a totally different um uh, you know way of experiencing that now i have to ask are you an xbox guy or a playstation guy man i am honestly i'm not really a video game guy oh, like cool. i <laughs> i uh, i um so I, I don't have either one of those um but I, I i got i like borrowed a playstation when the game came out came out and and actually like played my way through it and that was like the first really that was like the first modern game that i played i'm much more like i grew up playing mist and um you know infocom games and right um i played portal and i loved portal yeah portal's great yeah yeah portal was a great game but that's like bending. that's like the depth of of how i can talk to you guys about video <laughs> <games>. <laughs> no worries do you think uh do you see yourself working on an, another video game like in the future maybe would you would you be down to to revisit that world again For sure yeah yeah i think i mean always like based on what the project is of course but it, yeah it was a lot of fun that's actually that's actually really cool. I mean, we love video games here, and I, we always talk about how there's such a great medium for storytelling as well. And, and Infamous totally. Second Son, such a great game as well. Yeah, um, and it was it was cool because they were. I think they really purposefully wanted me to approach it like film music, you know, and that was yeah, it was fun to not have to like get weighed down in all the technical details of like how do you how do you like program game music, right. Mm-hmm. Was it, was the process longer at all? Because I know for video games, it's definitely a longer process. But yep. score two, yeah, yeah, it was longer, yeah, and it was, you know, we would kind of work in in little stints, you know, because the game is is sort of being developed over this long period of time, and so we would create music for for you know by a certain deadline, and then they would work with it and give us notes, and then we would kind of do a whole new batch, so. Yeah, I think that went on for for quite a while. Oh wow! Wow. wow. Now we, we love the score for, for Knives Dead, and it got a proper documentary when it came out on home release. How did you begin to craft the score for the Thrombe family when it in, in the movie? Um, so are you talking specifically about the way the movie ends there? Yeah, yeah, even that one specifically, or just the score for almost the family members that we're seeing? Yeah. Um, I mean, again, I, so I was, they were shooting in Boston. Um, I, I took a mobile studio out to, to where they were shooting and I would, I would kind of just hang out on set during the day and then go back. I was actually staying with Noah with Trooper Wagner at his, uh, at his oh, well. place there. And so I set up <laughs> the, my mobile studio on his dining room table 
Um, and I would, I would just spend time writing melodic ideas really. Um, and those, you know, those began to develop. I, I remember about halfway through, Ryan was like, when, when do I get to hear something? When are you going to play me something? You know, and at this point I've been, been writing for, for weeks and weeks. Um, and I, I kind of sketched out a bunch of early ideas, but I, I, I kind of realized, okay, like, I think this is it when I, when I, when I happened on the main, that what I always think of as the knives out theme, but it kind of comes from Harlan. Um, and, and that's what became the, uh, you know, the opening quartet specifically over the, you know, when it transitions the the mansions itself, the mansion. But then when we find Harlan in the room and then it cuts to the title, that was, um, that was kind of some of the earliest stuff that I had written for it. And then a lot of it grew out from that. And it was just, um, you know, it was just kind of focusing on, on the different personalities of each of the family members. Um, and they don't, they don't all necessarily have their own motif per se, but, um, but they all are, are sort of influencing like, I, I mean, Linda, for instance, um, there's a certain part of the Thromby family theme that in my mind is, is very much Linda's part of that. And she sort of has like, it kind of feels like she has the only real like positive interaction uh, in terms of the, the children with, with Harlan. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, Walt, his stuff is all very, very like low and dark. Um, yeah, so it's it's just kind of beginning to see what the actors are doing with those characters, and then just from a, a gut level responding to that. So I was reading too that this was like this was the first film that you actually had to like write an orchestral like score for. Yeah, I mean, I it was it was the first like kind of completely orchestral score. We we obviously <laughs> used a lot of orchestral elements on Looper and and you know and and bloom as well but um but this was you know where whereas all of those sort of had a different focus like bloom was very much a back porch orchestra idea right um the you know the 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 sandbox for this in my mind at the beginning was okay this is just going to be all orchestra right and and obviously you got to uh record at abbey road and you know, finish the film at, at Skywalker. So you have some, you know, just some giant, you know, some big legacies and these places that you're working on. What was like, did young Nathan Johnson ever dream about like being in Abbey Road or at Skywalker Sound? Like that's oh, crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, it weirdly enough, like those were all the things that we grew up loving and dreaming about. Um, I don't know that we ever imagined that we would be there working in that regard, but um, right. But I remember like Ryan and I photoshopped the Abbey Road cover, I photoshopped ourselves into it and like, <laughs> printed it out as a poster when we were like in high school. Who who um, doesn't do that though? I know, right? Yeah. And- so yeah, it was no, it was insane. I mean, you kind of it's like this weird magical feeling where you're walking around and, and you're aware that you're walking through history, like you're you're essentially like at the temple of pop music or or film. right um and and so you're you're seeing all i mean like 
crazy stuff like uh the engineer was like oh yeah the the mics on the cellos there were we call them john and paul because of those <laughs> the two vocal mics that that uh that the beatles sang you know almost everything into and, and he's like but they sound really great on cello <laughs> so, <laughs> why not <laughs> but yeah like we you know when we were recording the uh the string quartet the the violin mics were the same mics they used um, on the strings in Eleanor Rigby, so it was it wow. was like kind of stuff like that happening all the time, and you're you're at this you're like pinching yourself, but then at the same time you sort of have to just like turn that off and and just do what you're there to do, right? And I mean, at the end of the day, you get to whether you believe it or not, sometimes you, you contribute to that legacy. I'm sure there'll be, there'll be future filmmakers and composers down the line saying like, Hey, they recorded knives out here. I love that. And <laughs> honestly, that's, that's so amazing that you get to be part of that, that lineage of giants, you know? Well, it's, uh, yeah, I, uh, that, that, that's the thought that I hadn't been thinking about, but yeah. <laughs> uh, just to, uh, just to transition to, just to what you've been up to, I know, I know you've been, we were talking about what you've been working on, but what, is there anything that you're watching right now? Anything that you, you've been kind of like looking, you're looking forward to right now? I know going to the theater is not an option for a lot of people, but what have you been watching at home right now, Nathan? Yeah. Um, We've been watching yeah, a bunch of different stuff. We we've been um, we've been watching The Vow. Have you guys seen The Vow on HBO? Is that that's the one with um, about like the the cults? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's like I've heard about hor- it. Horrifying and really yeah. well done. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a good recommendation if you want to feel awful. Oh, oh great. <laughs> <laughs> Make me um, never want to watch Smallville again because I know the the girl from uh, Smallville was. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I was in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we at the beginning of the pandemic, the uh, the Berlin Philharmonic kind of like offered their online app for free for a month, and um, so we got really into that and then subscribed to that. So yeah, we'll often um, on the weekends watch watch. Uh, watch a concert from the berlin phil which has been really um yeah really really fun really like a nice way to kind of (laughs) yeah disconnect from all the horrible stuff going on in the world of course Um, of course what else have we been watching no jumping around that no there's other stuff all a blank slate right now (laughs) (laughs) it's okay we put you on the spot with it um but but I mean, there's there's so much out there, obviously, to watch in so many ways that you could watch it. So, no worries there. Um, I, I again, like, I, I'm so thankful that you're able to join us today on the show and you know talk about your 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 process and the films that you've been part of. Um, I know that you're a director too, and you've worked on a bunch of different uh, short films and music videos as well too. So. Um, is there anything that you're working on right now, like on the director side or on the composing side that you could let us know that you're working on? If you can't let us know, that's okay too. Yeah, there are a couple things on both, uh, on both fronts, but I don't think I can talk, talk about them yet. <laughs> that's like okay. Usually the case it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know that it's some big secret, but yeah, you will find out. You'll find out soon. There, there is, no stuff, worries. there is stuff afoot. Can you uh, can you let our listeners know where they could follow you on all the socials so they can know when 
those projects are out and ready to be spoken about? Yeah, yeah. So um, Twitter is really the only one that I use, uh, which is uh, my handle is just NT Johnson. Uh, you can you can probably find me on some of the other formats, but they will never be updated. So yeah, <laughs> so, so Twitter is the one. That's perfect. And uh, again, we're, we're going to include all of your socials in our, in our show notes. So our listeners could follow you there and see what you're up to. Nathan, again, one million times. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the movie podcast this is a dream come true that you'll be able to be on the show. And uh, we hope that we could do it again next time you have a, a project coming out. Thanks a lot, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah. Thanks for having me, you guys. Nice to talk to you. Thank you so much, Nathan, for joining us on the movie podcast this week. That was an awesome conversation. We're so lucky that you were able to join us. Um, guys, any big takeaways from the conversation other than they didn't sample porn for Don John? Well, I just really hope it takes my idea of sampling porn for the part two. Yeah. And again, Nathan, we're available. Don to John. <laughs> to Don John. <laughs> Isn't that a movie? Don, Don John. No, the other movie that you did, Two John. Well, Too Fast and Furious. No, there's another one with uh, Patrick Swayze. Uh, I forgot it. Look Wesley it up. Snipes is in it. Who's in it? Wesley Snipes, John Leguizamo, and Patrick Swayze. It's called Two John? Something like that's tied into it. Okay. I feel like it's not at I'm, all, but... <laughs> Dwight Yoakam's in it as well, too. Uh, we'll find the name of it. Um, but as always, this is the movie podcast. <laughs> you could catch a brand new episode every single Monday across all your favorite podcast services. If you want to write in and be part of the show, you can at this time with.com slash talk. Uh, Shay and Anthony are now looking for this movie that Anthony has, I think, m- made up in his mind at this point. Because the way Shay is looking at his iPad right now, it feels like he can't find anything. Yeah, I don't uh, see it. We're at Blade 2 now. And, you know, and you, are you sure it was Wesley Snipes? Are you sure it's Patrick Swayze? I think it was Wesley Snipes. I know it was Patrick Swayze. You know it was Patrick. So let's let's check out Patrick Swayze's uh, IMDb. Is it Patrick or Patrick? It was Patrick. I think he, I, I think he preferred Patrick for sure. Um, but yeah, Nathan Johnson, honestly, like, if you guys, I think, especially since today is Thanksgiving, the day this episode is releasing, Knives Out is a perfect Thanksgiving movie. So definitely watch it and then listen to that score. And uh, we have all of Nathan's um, information in the show notes that you could follow. What's it? What is it? it I think they found it. Shay, Shay doesn't seem impressed. Oh, man. Literally not called that at all. It's not called To John, To Don? But Wesley Snipes is in it, but I don't know why it wasn't in his IMDb. Maybe we just, Maybe we just missed it because we were just blown away by the name. <laughs> Uh, it's called Tu Wong Fu. <laughs> Thanks for everything, Julie Newmer. <laughs> Not Tu Don, Tu John. So it's close. It kind of sounded insane. Just the two part. <laughs> <laughs> two part was the only. Too fast, too furious was closer than Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Damn. Newmer. <laughs> Uh, Nathan Johnson was not the composer of that movie. No, he wasn't. Uh, (laughs) But again, thank you so much, Nathan, for joining us this week. Thank you for listening to the movie podcast this week. That was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next. (laughs) 